Hello, it's the Paisley Print author here, and you are whoever the hell you are. Today I'm going to read you a poem, and I bet you're very, very surprised. I bet you definitely aren't subscribed to this podcast for that express purpose, but you're actually here for my wonderful sense of humour. Um, so yeah, this is a poem, and it's quite a sexy one. It's called Geodesic. I wrote it in, uh, I wrote it in 2015, and I don't remember who or what it's about, but it's nice. So it's going in my poetry book. It's good. I like it. And I'm very critical of my poems. I have a document of about 500 of them in front of me right now. And it used to be a lot bigger, but I took a lot of them out into the garden and killed them. So yeah, this is geodesic. So Some soft satin geodesic rolls in the bed, tracing the paths of fingers, bodies, and other, though others, came before lace-edged entrails of youth now spattered like light beams against darkening floral wallpaper, bounding around inside bedside cabinets, split through your broken blinds, harnessed in that little box you cradle when it rains outside, my rock and roll suicide. But I'm no geodesic. I'm the Brogley Bohemian. I'm the waves in the pink silk, the candle melted past its scent, the ghost of something. I'm the cherry cinnamon event horizon. I'm riding the time that bends around the fat of conversations we plan to trim. And wax blood drips to the carpet, white, clinical, senseless, broken, odorless vacuum heat, self-referential. We stretch in time so that our toes can curl around the missing warmth of an unbuilt fireplace, whilst our hands grab at the present, not knowing both are fraying, fraught and stable. We stretch above oblivion. I like that. However, after reading it out, there's a few things I've changed. I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe the colour of the wax blood because you feel, you already think it's red. So I've just cut that bit out. So that's the thing that I quite enjoyed doing at university. It stressed a few of my peers out. I was supposed to read stuff in front of the class, and I'd just, I'd be writing whilst I was reading, and somebody said, "What the hell are you doing?" I was like, "I'm editing it," and they go, "How can you do that?" Well. I'm one of few males that can multitask. Doesn't make me smarter than everybody else, just makes me more confused. Um, this next one is called Geodesic 2. And if you haven't guessed, it's the sequel to the last one. How exciting for everyone involved. And it's made it's been turned into the sequel because basically when I'm publishing this poetry book, I've been trying to fit things onto a page. And a lot of my poems are a bit longer than that, and I've realised that they don't need to be, but their second parts are actually decent. But they survive on their own, uh, like a worm sliced in half. It, it, honestly, they can survive on their own. And to be fair, this second part of Geodesic, I remember writing it at Union thinking, yeah, it does need to be a second part. I remember talking with my lecturer about it, not what the poem was about, but how to split it. Anyway. Orange window ghosts scale the ceiling with branches in the frame like fur. A choking car horn beeps, a fox cowers. Someone outside knocks over my cider cam, and frost particles adorn the window's edge, and glass steams up with our names, our hands, already imprinted from several nights before, like the smeared picosecond after lightning. And the fabric of space-time is cold between two superclusters. As galaxies of thought and feeling activate, the weight of your eyes keeps me rolling inward, over membranes and dimensions uncharted, but life moves too fast to follow the way. So caught up in this orbit, I become your centrifuge, 
and I wish you'd spin me faster and faster till the best of me condenses at the bottom, and I never needed a backbone anyway. It only crumples when I see you. Civilizations rise and fall as we slumber. The mood changes, the sun grows fat. And in the morning, after all mornings, there's a new world outside, a new feeling in the room, a future unwritten. And I really like that one. That's the sexier side. Um, and, you know, everybody knows what that poem's about, which it just says a lot because a lot of my poems, people are like, oh, I enjoy that. I've no idea what the fuck it's about, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite fun, especially if you like read stuff live and people come up to you afterwards and go, I like that. I didn't understand any of the words, but it sounded nice. And I'm like, yeah, it's like a, it's like being tickled. It's like, I don't, my brain doesn't understand this, but I, I think it's pleasant, perhaps. Who knows? Um, this is Geodesic 3. And if you hadn't guessed, it's the sequel to Geodesic 2. Um, there isn't a Geodesic 4, so we're near the end of the podcast now. And what's that? A looming sense of dread you never hear about in the rom-coms, a cartoonish moment in my head. The idea of rolling out of your bed and still rolling and not stopping, sl- slowing only in ditches and false hopes and vacuums. There's no time to explain, so listen, I could be your spineless particle, I could roll around unseen. I could be your geodesic, if you have me back. And that's the end of that one. So that's I wrote that in 2021. So that's like a sequel to Geodesic where the character in Geodesic has split up with the person that they're with in Geodesic and wishes to travel backwards in time to recapture that first moment where they love them. Um, and I, I've got to go back now and edit something into Geodesic too because there's a bit here. There's a new world outside, a new feeling in the room, and I think it should be a new orange feeling in the room. I think the feeling should be orange. Um, and I don't know if everybody else has the slight synesthesia that I definitely have, um, but for me, thoughts and feelings, numbers, sounds, they all have colours. Um, there's a flower that I quite like on my um, evening walk. It's like a violet colour, and it sounds like... Um, basically video game synth music when they go for an ice zone it's like that's what that um that's what that flower sounds like to me so i've got very slight synesthesia which i'm going to mention in this podcast and when i get famous i'm not going to mention it again because i mentioned it once at uni and it was nice for me to talk to a lecturer about it but people were really really into it like i was not left alone for a good half an hour i wasn't used to that kind of attention uh, it, was, it was it was interesting though because I didn't realize that a lot of the stuff that happened in my brain wasn't what's the term now neurotypical. I didn't know I di- I had no idea because I functioned with it. I thought right, I get migraines if I look at colors too much. Um, certain I don't like the smell of certain music, stuff like that. I, and you know when people said that loud shirt when I was a little kid, I thought oh yeah that makes sense. The shirt is actually loud because. The, the bright colours, it's going wah, 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 wah. But it isn't. It isn't doing that, because other people aren't fucking crosswired, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, yeah, so it's like realising that I had synesthesia helped me a lot as a poet, I think. Because I thought, okay, even if I'm not that interesting as a person, at least my brain chemistry, or the, the wires inside me, are arranged in such a way that I could probably trick viewers of the morning television shows that I am interesting, even if I 
have my personality surgically removed by aliens. So yeah, that 